Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Here's an oxymoron, another one for you. What does Jesus say? Losers are keepers. You give up your rights and just do it God's way. You're a keeper. You're going to find life. But see, if you and I try to keep our lives for ourselves, hoard it, cling to it, grasp to it, kind of try to have one foot in the world and one doesn't work. But Jesus said, if you follow me, you'll find true life. It's not about you. It's about him. Some people try so hard to hold on to at least the illusion of youth, plastic surgery, special fountain of youth diets, all in an effort to hold off the inevitable. You've certainly run across control freaks who try to keep any unpleasantness from their lives. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the paradoxes of the Christian life. You'll hear about Jesus' demand that to gain eternal life, you have to give control of your life to him. You'll hear about the pain of doing that, but also about the richer rewards for having done so. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Luke chapter 15 as he begins his message, God's Plan for Everyone. Celebrate. When you think of the word celebrate, what are some of the things that come to your mind? Maybe you're celebrating a birthday. That would be somebody like 30 and under, because when we get older than that, we typically don't celebrate anything, okay? How about an anniversary? For sure, we celebrate an anniversary. And how many have you liked to celebrate at a party? How many have been to at least one party? One party. The rest of you, we're going to have to help you. Do you have any friends? What? How many have been more one party? Oh, my goodness, exactly. That's crazy. Here's something we celebrate. How many remember getting your diploma at college and you celebrated like crazy? Because you thought, this ain't ever going to happen. I celebrated five years of college, and then when I took my state boards, I passed. Hallelujah. I was celebrating big time. Now, some of you celebrate because your favorite football team won the Super Bowl. Most of you don't even remember when the Dolphins won the Super Bowl. Many of you weren't born. It was 72 and 73. Yes! Celebrate. What in the world is celebrate being? Here it is. Make merry, have fun, party, and enjoy. Now, for those of you that don't like to celebrate, here's the antonyms. You're a person that criticizes. You're always sad. It's kind of a sorry thing to be around you. How many like to celebrate instead of being sorry to be around? Amen. Okay. Now, an oxymoron is an interesting 
kind of, well, it's a figure of speech that it appears contradictory. Let me give you some. He is clearly confused. I'll wait till he gets to the balcony. Maybe it eventually gets there. Uh, here it is. My suggestion met with deafening silence. Now, you've told your children this as they're going to parties and whatever. You need to act naturally. Okay? Guaranteed you said this during the holidays. I want the larger half. You remember that pecan pie? You watched that lady cut it at the table, and she cut one bigger piece. And you started praying as it goes around the table. I want the bigger half. What is the bigger half? And somebody took it. Then you begin to criticize. Not to anybody else, just to yourself. What's wrong with that? Well, you wanted it first. All right, let's forget that. Now, what's an oxymoron? Here's two oxymorons concerning spiritual things. Can you believe it? He is a celebrating Christian. For most unbelievers, they go, what? Are you kidding me? Here's the second one. Can you believe it? She's going to church to celebrate. That's the farthest thing. If you drove out of your subdivision or out of your condo today, you saw all kind of cars parked in the driveway. They ain't gonna leave. When you go home, they'll still be there. And they say to you, where you been? We've been at church celebrating God. You've been what? It's like an oxymoron to them. Am I right? Am I right? I'm right. I'm absolutely right. Because they think being a Christian, well, you can't celebrate. Going to church, that's like the last boring thing in the world I'd want to do. There can't be any celebrating here. How many say that we're here to celebrate God? Let's hear. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's hear. That's why we're here. Amen. Well, that's not strange. You start in the Old Testament, you go all the way to the New Testament. How many times do you hear the word joy, enjoy, celebrate, party? Old Testament was filled with all those religious holidays. They came to celebrate God. Now, remember Luke 15. That's where I'm going to ask you to turn, if you'd like to turn with me, Luke chapter 15. When we studied those three parables, we heard these words, lost, found, repent, and celebrate. Now, let's just review them very quickly, then I'm moving on. I'm going to give you six reasons that you and I should celebrate. There's hundreds, but I'm going to give you six. Luke 15, 4. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep. A sheep in this parable that Jesus is telling us would be a sinner and loses one of them. Doesn't he, Jesus, go after the one and leave the 99 behind, remember, and he goes after the one sheep, sinner, until he finds it. And when he finds it, he, what's it say? He joyfully, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and he goes home. Then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, rejoice with me, celebrate with me. I found my lost sheep. Now notice something. When Jesus comes back, he gathers people around. It's okay to celebrate by yourself, but it's not as good as celebrating together. It's just way better. And Jesus says, when he got the neighbors and friends came together, hey, this person's not a sinner anymore. They're going to heaven. And look at verse 7. See, the celebrating isn't only on earth. And I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing celebrating in heaven 
Over one sinner who repents, the 99 so-called righteous people that do not need to repent. You see, there's not only joy here when a person comes to Christ. There's joy in heaven over one lost sinner. Now, the next parable, same thing. The coin was a sinner. The lady was representing Jesus. Let me read to you. Look at verse 9. And when she finds it, it was lost. She calls her friends and neighbors together. Here we are again. It's a group celebration. And says... Rejoice with me, I found my lost coin. And then the prodigal son took all his money, left, and when it was all gone, he says, man, I'm going home to my dad. I'll just be glad to be a servant. Look at verse 24. And the father met him and says this, for this son of mine was dead spiritually and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they, they, a group, began to celebrate. You see, one sinner coming to repentance brings great joy. Do you know we had more than 30 people walk up and say, I'm a prodigal. I used to follow God, but I got away. And 30 plus people celebrated Jesus as their savior once again. That's fantastic. Now, one sinner coming to repentance, it's time to celebrate. Just one. Amazing. Now, when you think about Jesus, many people don't at all. Now, we don't know what Jesus looked like. One of my favorite pictures, it's smiling Jesus. Outside these doors, people don't think Jesus could smile. Now, think about it. Jesus was always around people. Look at the person next to you. Wouldn't you smile if it wasn't too embarrassing for you? They're funky people. They dress funky. Their ears are funky. Their hair is funky. We're all different, crazy people. I have to stand in front of you, and I'm the funkiest of all. Except that I'm tall. Yeah, right. You see, people think, Jesus, well, I know the name Jesus, but he couldn't be smiling. Are you kidding? Were those 12 disciples? He had to be laughing constantly. God, rescue me from these 12, (laughs) whatever. But here's something else you forget. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I'm a Christian, and I love to celebrate, but I really don't see Jesus celebrating. Well, what did you just see in Luke 15? Jesus was the one, the shepherd that found the sheep. What did he do when he got home? He celebrated. He's the woman who found the lost coin. What did he do when he got home? He celebrated. Jesus was the father in the parable of the two lost sons. When the one son come home, what did Jesus do? Celebrate. He didn't go, oh, let's celebrate. Wow. Praise God. So smiling Jesus, can you imagine what heaven's going to be like? Yes. Now, understand, all through the Bible, we hear these words, joy, enjoy, celebrate, all of that. So don't think that's an oxymoron for Christians. None at all. We're here to celebrate Jesus Christ and, of course, his birth to our sinful nation. Now, if you're breathing, that's why God has you here. Not just for you, you'll see that, but to share the good news with other people. Amazing where that will go after that encounter. Now, remember, Jesus came and he said this, I've come to give you life And that to the full, abundantly, running over. Satan came to steal and to kill and destroy. 
Now, when you think of all that, it goes along with one of our five core values, this celebration, this life that God's given us. It's simply one of our five core beliefs that we have in this church. Here it is. Celebrate and live the fulfilling lifestyle. You see, celebrating should be a a natural part of our life. It shouldn't be something that we only do on the weekend or we only do twice a year at Christmas and Easter. It's something that should be done every day. How do I know that? Let me read you Psalms 118. This is the day the Lord has made and we will rejoice, we'll celebrate and be glad in it. Just turn to your neighbor now with a smile and a little excitement say, I'm ready to celebrate now. Come on, I'm, I'm ready to celebrate now. Six keys why we should celebrate. Number one, turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. When you turn there, I'm going to read it to you, then I'll give you the point. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20. Or don't you know, Paul says, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. Now watch these words. You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price, Jesus dying on the cross. So you must honor God with your body. Here's the first of six reasons we should celebrate. Number one, life is no longer about you. It's not about me anymore. Life is about Christ living in you. Remember, when we ask God to forgive us, And to come into our lives, we gave up the right to rule our own lives. So life isn't about me. It's now all about God. Now, some of you are going to say, Pastor Mark, are you kidding me? I should celebrate because I give up my rights to direct my life and let God do it? That's not really celebration. It should be the other way around. No, not at all. Think about this. Sometimes we forget the character of God. Let me ask you, is God for you or against you? He's for us. We all know that. So this should be like a no-brainer to us. Let me read you the character of God. Just a little snippet. Here we are, Romans eleven thirty-three. 33. Oh, the depth of the riches of his wisdom and knowledge of God. Remember, God is all wise. How unsearchable, we can't even comprehend it, are his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. In other words, when we begin to think about God ruling my life instead of me, it's obvious we know that we don't think like God. His thoughts are very different than our thoughts. He has all wisdom, He always knows the right thing to do. Very often, we do not. Now, also, think about this. When God's looking at your life and you just let him lead, that's the abundant life. He he has a different outlook. You see, he's here in heaven and he's looking down. His outlook is always eternal. Ours is pretty much here. So when you think about that, He's looking at your life, and he's looking at the plans that you have. And all we know from our plans is today, maybe a little snapshot of tomorrow, what we think we want to do, but he knows what's best for us and everything. Do you know God's plans for you 
always better, 1,000 times better than your life trying to plan your own. It doesn't work that way. Now, a few months ago, I was thinking about something that happened many years ago, actually. We lived in Merritt Island. We lived on a kind of a natural canal. One day I was on, I'd gone up on the roof in the back. I have no idea why. I think I was trying to fix something. And when I got up there, I was just doing my thing. And the dog was out in the backyard. Yard's fenced in except for the water part, of course. And she's having fun by there. And I'm working. And all of a sudden, I looked to the other side of the canal. And guess what I saw just get in the water? A gator. You should have seen me. I'm running, I'm climbing down, I'm screaming my lungs out at the dog. Come on, come on, get away, get away, get away. She's going, what's wrong with you, you know? And eventually I got her and I saved her from the gator. Do you know how many times God has saved you and I and we never knew we were in danger? We never knew it. My dog went in, okay, I don't know why you took me out of the backyard. I was celebrating like crazy. She didn't get it. When God directs your life, he sees things that we cannot see. Don't ever doubt his way is better than your way. Never. That's why we can celebrate. Because it's not about you. It's about God. Do you know the world, by and large, they celebrate differently. Unbelievers Many times their celebration comes from drugs, drinking. In our United States today, specifically, it's going to get worse. Smoking pot, sexual immorality. Those are the things that they celebrate about. Now, we learn there is pleasure in sin. Absolutely. For a short time. And when that young man took his dad's money and wasted on all of those things I was telling you about, he came to the end of himself because the celebration stopped because no longer did he have any money, and the celebration stops, and that's why people get addicted. You know, as a hospital pharmacy director for many years, worked with all of those kind of things. That was good, but I need two now. Every seven hours, eight hours, fine. Now I need it every four hours. One beer, drinks to this, to that. One gal, one porn site, hmm, hmm, hmm. And at the end, empty, lonely, guilty, dead end. But see, you and I have to be reminded, the solution to that, my celebration, does not come from the world. It comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, the enemy is not here to give us life. He's here to steal kill and destroy. This is Jesus' solution to celebration, Matthew 16. If you're trying to keep your life for yourself, you'll lose it. You'll never find real life. But if you give up your life for me, you will find true life. Here's an oxymoron, another one for you. What does Jesus say? Losers (laughs) are keepers. You give up your rights and just do it God's way, you're a keeper. You're going to find life. But see, if you and I try to keep our lives for ourselves, hoard it, cling to it, grasp to it, kind of try to have one foot in the world and one doesn't work. But Jesus said, if you follow me, you'll find true life. 
It's not about you. It's about him. Number two, write it down. Celebrate. God, the Holy Spirit, is at work in your life and my life 24-7. Remember, Jesus was going back to heaven. And one day he said to his disciples, he told them that. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to the cross. and I'm going to heaven. They were not celebrating. They were hurt. They were angry. They were confused. What are you doing? We followed you for three years and you're leaving us? That's supposed to be like good news? And he said, yes. Watch verse 16. I'll read it to you. John 14, 16. And I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. He was talking about the Holy Spirit. And what Jesus was saying is this. When you walked with me these last three years, wherever I was, and if you were with me, we were together. I could direct you. I could help you. But if you were off doing your thing, and I was off like the woman at the well, I was doing my thing, and you left me, went into town to get food. I couldn't direct you because I wasn't around you. But something better coming. The Holy Spirit is coming, and he's going to live in you 24-7. Wherever you go, God is with you. How could we not celebrate that? You see, when you understand that, he encourages his followers and tells us, you're going to experience something new and exciting. And that's what happens when we become a Christian. God, the Holy Spirit, actually comes and he just moves in. He's part of our life. And by the way, when he does that, I have within me God, the one that's all-knowing, the one that's all-powerful, so he can minister to my life. Now, that enables me to be guided, empowered 24-7, no matter what's happening in my life, no matter what's taking place. Now, I can't give you all the things today that the Holy Spirit does, but let me just give you a few. Here's the first one. The Holy Spirit lives in us to comfort us. You know, Christmas time is a different time for many people. Christmas brings back memories. If you lost a loved one this year, celebrating Christmas doesn't seem to go together because it's a hard thing. At the table is somebody that was there, but they're not there. Now, that actually goes on longer than just one year. But what do we know? If we lose a loved one and we know they're a believer, whether it's been this year or 20 years ago, you still have good memories what do we know? See, Christians are the only one that can do this. At a funeral for a Christian, the only people in the world can do both. The Christian can mourn and celebrate at the same funeral. That doesn't make any sense to the world, does it? See, we mourn because we miss people. Hello, of course. But we celebrate because, well, we're going to be eating with them in heaven at a different table. It's going to be fantastic. In today's teaching, you heard Pastor Mark talk about all of the times the Bible uses words like joy, celebrate, and other similar words. You were reminded that heaven rejoices when someone becomes a follower of Jesus. Pastor Mark talked about God's command for the Christian to have joy in all circumstances. And you heard some examples from the Bible just how to do that. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching God's plan for everyone. Celebrate. You'll hear about more things in the Christian life that seem to go against each other. Pastor Mark will talk about celebrating the giving up of your will and life to God and to begin doing what God says. You'll learn about the joy and peace that can come from that surrender. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series. That's next time on Lessons for Living. I heard